Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hey, Savvy Souls. So this week I was spending a bunch of time going through old photos because I'm adding a new section to my website and I was trying to source some photos for that. And I came across a photo I'd taken of a painting that I'd done four years ago before I had put it in a show. And I experienced this painting, this photograph of this painting as so beautiful and vibrant and colorful and energetic. And I felt a little bit sad because I knew that that painting no longer exists because I'd painted over it. I was afraid of something that you're probably afraid of too. And I'm going to talk about that today because for sure you do this in some areas of your life and for sure it is holding you back from being as powerful as you could be in the world. So I'm going to highlight a few different situations and then come back and explore what the common thread is in those situations and how you might be doing this too. So when I was a partner at an accounting firm and before that law firm, over the course of the years, I worked with many, many young women who were so talented and so gifted, highly capable, very good at their area of law, extremely good at solving clients' problems and finding solutions and just really admirable, but they were holding themselves back from partnership track. And I would talk to them and they would just, they couldn't imagine themselves as being a partner. And we're going to get to the reasons for that, why they thought that way in a bit. Or I had an artist client. She had been internationally famous in a different creative uh, field. And now she was starting to paint and she was exploring her painting styles. And when I met her, she was really holding herself back. She was really not doing all she was capable of. Another client I had a few years ago too was a young woman, very, very uh, gifted uh, intellectual and just a creative force in the world of ideas, new ways of thinking about things. But she was really holding herself back, fighting her fears of not following her own specific cultural norms. So I've just given you a high level of four different situations where people are holding themselves back and why were in each case 
where people holding themselves back from doing something that was important and meaningful or could be shared with other people in a powerful way. So why do we do this? Why do we ever think, oh, I really want this? And a part of us thinks I might be able to do it, but the bigger part of us is I'm not going to do it. There's a common thread in the four examples. In each case, what happened is we were so worried about other people's reactions that we adopted what either they had told us they thought or what we imagined they might think. And we adopted that as our own opinion instead of relying on what we actually think. So in the case of my painting, it's the only painting I've ever destroyed. Um, that's because when I paint, it comes from this spacious, creative place inside of me. And it doesn't even feel like it's my own. It feels like I'm tapping into the great creative muse. And it's a gift that I've been given to offer people. And so it's something that I usually love. And I would never want to hold it back. But in that case, for some reason, my brain got very active right before the show. And I decided that I didn't like it, but it was too late to back out. Um, all of the artists in the show, we just had one painting each and this was my painting. So I went on the installment day and I hung it in the gallery where it was gonna be seen. But when the day of the show came, I was just so convinced that this painting was strange, that people wouldn't like the vibrant orange in it, that maybe I could have balanced it a little bit better. I was just so full of judgment and I was projecting this judgment onto other people, imagining that, of course, this is what they must be thinking. So you know what I did, and it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm gonna share it with you, is my daughter was attending the show with me and I encouraged her to go down onto a different floor in the building and go to a bar. And I just ignored the show. I didn't talk to any potential clients. I didn't experience people looking at it. I just assumed that they were all just hating this painting. And then as soon as the show was over, I wrapped it up, I took it home, and I completely painted it white. I wanted to get rid of what in my mind had been a terrible painting. Why did I think it was terrible? Because I was in my head suddenly imagining other people hating it, finding fault with it, deciding that it wasn't good enough, that it wasn't okay. And so I painted it white. So now let's talk about the young women who didn't see themselves as partner. What was really going on there? They were imagining, they were imagining themselves, putting themselves into the ring and 
whoever the partnership committee was, the senior lawyers who would join in the decision as to whether they made the list or they didn't make the list or whether they made it that year or not, they imagined being rejected. They thought about themselves and they didn't highlight to themselves like, oh, here's all the amazing things I do. Here are all my capabilities. They would latch on to, oh, this is the one area I don't do well. Well, that must be how they're going to judge us. And of course, they're going to reject me and not like, not think that I'm a good candidate. And, and so why bother? I'm not going to expose myself to that rejection. And so they kind of imagined these opinions that other people would have and adopted them as their own. My artist client, what did she do? Well, she would create these beautiful paintings, but she wanted to know that other people liked them. She think, thought she needed that validation. So she would create something. She would think it's amazing. And then she would show it to other people. And some of them would make positive comments. And she would go, oh, that's nice. But if there was one person in a group of six that had anything negative to say or any you know, suggestion about what she might change, she assumed that that person's opinion was the correct one. They had the answer. They knew that the painting was wrong. They knew that it could be better. They knew that the color wasn't quite right. And so she constrained herself from doing the most beautiful art she was totally capable of. Or my young client who was battling against her cultural norms, this just phenomenally brilliant woman who had this pairing of this deep creativity and this intense and deep knowledge about the world and politics and cultures around the world and how this was affecting what companies and governments and all of it, what, what was happening in the world and, and how she could be changing it. But she was holding back that gift because of her fears and knowledge about what her parents' opinions were. Um, there was a lot of pressure on her to be married and be domestic. And she really struggled um, with that because there was a part of her that deeply believed that she should be married and uh, domestic because she was adopting the opinions of her culture and her parents. So we're kind of slowly getting to the reason that we do this. And here's the reason in every single case, we were either worried about people's actual opinions, when I say their actual opinions, opinions they had expressed to us about us and what we're able to do, or we were in our heads and imagining other people's opinions and projecting what they might think and imagining negative criticisms about us. We were imagining 
failing because other people wouldn't accept us. And so really, if you think about it, what we're doing is in each case, we were trying to control other people's thoughts and feelings about us. We were trying to shift the world, shift ourselves, manufacture the way we show up in a way that would please them. We were so focused on what they were thinking and feeling that we forgot how we think and feel, feel about stuff. So have you ever noticed that, that when you're really concerned about what other people think and you're really efforting and trying to manage how they're going to think about you, it literally never works. Why? Because we can't actually control how other people think and feel. How they think and feel is based on their experiences, their models of the world and what should or shouldn't happen. We can't control any of that. And how do you know that? If you walked into a room, let's say it was a big party and there were 100 people there and you chatted to 15 people during the night, some of those people that you meet would love you and think you're just amazing. Other people that you meet might kind of not like something about you. A lot of people might not even remember you. You just didn't register on their radar screen. It's not because you showed up differently in each conversation. It's because those people had their different models of the world, their ways of thinking about how the world works and how you fit into it. So you couldn't control that. You can't control how other people think and feel, but you can control what you think and feel. That's a critical skill that will help you start noticing what you think and feel and creating what you want for yourself. So how do we, how did, how did each person turn it around? Cause I didn't tell those stories just because they stopped at a bad point. We got to a good point with them. So, well, in my case, I actually did destroy that painting. And sometimes we do lose opportunities because of how we're thinking. But what I did control was I eventually kind of climbed back into my body, climbed back into my own integrity and uh, looked at this painting that was painted over white with white paint. And I decided I know what I'm going to do, what I want to do, how I want to think about this. So what I did was I just let it flow. I got some sandpaper and I scraped off a bunch of the white paint, not trying to remove it, but just let's explore. Let's kind of honor the energy of this painting and see what happens. So I sanded it off and I noticed this really interesting effect. And then I kind of meditated and I ended up painting over various parts of it, sanding down other parts. 
And I created something quite extraordinary that was completely different. It was a very layered painting that's very powerful. And I was able to create that because I stepped out of rejecting my painting and just focused on imagining people not liking it and back into my own power and my own intuition and what works for me. And I, I worked with that. And also through that process, I learned a lesson. I learned not to reject things based on what I think other people will think, but to really look at what I've done and decide, do I like it? And that's the test. For all these young women that I mentored, what I was able to get some of them to do was to imagine themselves becoming partner. Like it was something that they just hadn't been brave enough to entertain because they were so focused on the idea that they would be rejected. And it was no, 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 no become that partner in your mind. Allow yourself to notice all the ways you're capable, to notice what your strengths are, to step into that power that you have within you if that's what you want, which many of them did. And once they started thinking and feeling that way, they realized that they did have that power within them. They did have those leadership capabilities within them. And all they'd been doing before was holding back on their power by just imagining terrible scenarios based on what they thought other people would think. My artist client, again, when I coached her, we talked about like, why are you crediting these other people's opinions? Like, what do you think about your paintings? What do you want to do? What flows through you? Where is your power in the painting? And once she let go of her obsession with getting external feedback and doing something other people would like based on just her imagination or random comments of one out of five people, she just looked back to herself and asked herself, how do I think and feel about this? And what can I create? And I can tell you, she does completely amazing things once she allowed herself to do that. Or the young woman I spoke about who was fighting her cultural norms. What she did was we reoriented to think about what she wanted. What did she really think she was capable of? What did she really want her life to look like? Did she want to get married? Did she want to have a domestic life? Was that really coming from her? Is that what she wanted? Or was she extremely enthusiastic about her ideas and her passion about changing the world? And she did go through the discomfort of disagreeing with their parents and following what mattered to her and what she was capable of doing. And she now works at a large, incredible international agency. She's 
a bright light out in the world who's truly making a difference to some major world issues that matter, all because she was willing to step into her power, have her own back, trust her own thinking and the way she felt about things and let that be her guide. So each week, I like to give you an exercise. So your exercise for this week is I would like you to get a cheap little small journal and this is an awareness building exercise. I want you to make a note each time this week that you notice yourself thinking about what someone else might think or has actually said or commented on about what you want to do. And are you letting that affect how you think about what you can do? How often are you doing this? What are you making what they say mean? Are you substituting their opinion for your own? And then ask yourself, how could it be that they're wrong? How could it be that what I'm wanting is the right way? What I'm imagining could be possible is, is true. Ask yourself the question this way. What is it you know deep down in that knowing part of you where the brain's not chattering is just that knowing what do you know is true for you if you were to be kind to yourself what would you decide how would you honor that power and that gift that is inside you this is one of the most common patterns, this obsession with what other people think or might think that holds so many of us back from being truly powerful in the world. We give our power away to other people and often they're not even people we like that much. So this process of noticing when this is happening and developing this awareness that it's your choice whether to believe them or not. I promise it will open up so much for you. Just to let you know, I record these podcasts weeks ahead. And last weekend, I did my draw for the podcast launch winners. If you'll recall, I had a contest where you could win a prize if you did a review on iTunes and let me know that you've done the review because I can't tell. Most of them come up in nicknames. So unless you contacted me and let me know, I won't know that you did one. But several of you did. And here are the winners. Chloe, Lara, Christine, and Alicia. They each won a free dream analysis, which is so fun. I find it such it's kind of a light fun tool that's fun to explore and yet tells us so much about what we're thinking what's bothering us and there's always some gold in there always some inner guidance that
that is just fun and delightful to discover. And I would like to thank all of you who did reviews so much. I so appreciate it. You've really helped me get this podcast to reach other people who can all also benefit from all the lessons I teach here. And I want to open the world up to more and more people to stop settling by giving them the tools to unleash their magnificence. That's my dream. That's the purpose of my podcast. So I so appreciate you helping me do that by uh, doing your reviews on iTunes. So see you next week. And I've noticed I always say, see you next week. And then I kind of wonder, well, do they think that's weird? Because it's just, it's just my voice. I don't actually see you, but here's what I want to let you know goes on in my mind. When I record the podcast, I imagine you sitting at a table with me in the kitchen. We're having coffee together and we're just having a conversation so when I say see you next week, I actually am seeing you. Have a good one. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>